You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Hallelujah, Lord, you are awesome. You are awesome, God. You are awesome tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. For Bible study, you may be seated. And um, we've been going through a series called Skilled Leaders. And uh, we're on lesson number nine tonight. And uh, we've been going through uh, four books that Paul wrote to individuals and not just churches. And uh, we've gone through Philemon and Titus. And um, we're, we've also been studying uh, the book of Timothy. And so we've been going through these four books that uh, he wrote to personal individuals that are relevant to us today. And uh, we've been talking about being people of influence. And I want to be a person of positive influence. Amen. And so that's what we've been studying. Uh, and so we know when Paul wrote the, uh, the second book of Timothy, and that's where we're launching tonight. We're in the last book. Um, uh, his situation has really changed in the sense that we assume that the other books that he wrote were also in prison. But uh, he's now facing what would be known as certain death. And you can see that in chapter 4, verse 6, the time of my departure is at hand. He's not going on vacation. <laughs> when he says the time of my departure is at hand, that means he's leaving this world and going into et eternity. So it may have been uh, in prison that the other letters were written, and we think that that's the case. But we know definitely the last book of Timothy was written in prison for sure because um, of how he speaks. And we know that the only associate that he has at this point is Luke. He says uh, in chapter 4, verse 11, that only Luke was uh, there to help him, to assist him. And so it appears uh, that most of the other people have gone. They've, they've become nervous about Paul's ministry. He's, he's uh, kind of maybe been on the cutting edge of, of what they is, think may get them in trouble. And the Bible tells us, he said, only Luke is with me. So it's certainly that in this hour of his ministry, he's kind of by himself. Um, there's not a lot of people around him. He's in prison, and he's pretty well at the point of death. And so, uh, you know, we could, we could see how he spent his final days, and he's focusing again, to write this last letter to what he would call his son in the gospel, uh, Timothy. And Paul asked Timothy to make the journey to Rome. You see that in chapter 4, verse 9. Do thy diligence, he says, to come shortly unto me. And then he sent uh, Tychicus to Ephesus to take care of the church uh, while Timothy was going to be absent. And so he's, he's planning that. He said, Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. And we don't know uh, exactly the personal conversations that Paul had with Timothy upon his arrival. We don't know everything that's stated. 
we just we we do know that this second book of Timothy that has been written and it has some powerful information in this book and so that's kind of the setting tonight of where we're launching second Timothy chapter 1 he said Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy my dearly beloved son grace mercy and peace from God the Father Christ Jesus our Lord I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice and I am persuaded that in thee also so as the end draws near for Paul it's obvious that He's expressing his, his uh, genuine love for his son in the gospel or the person that he has influenced to become a pastor, to be a leader. And so he says um, uh, he's expressing his love that he has for Timothy, especially he said that the last uh, tearful parting in verse 4. And Timothy is uh, maybe the greatest gift that any person uh, could have uh, that's happening for Timothy Paul says I'm praying for you I'm praying for you uh, it reminds Timothy of his great heritage that he had uh, given to him from his mother and his grandmother and uh, he he basically is emphasizing to Timothy Timothy there may be new methods but the old message still works and so when we become people of influence in 2023 um, we don't have to change what we preach to be influenced. There may be new methods. We, we, we've got maybe different programs and different uh, uh, ways of doing things that maybe 30 years ago or 50 years ago or even 100 years ago. Um, and obviously, all the way back to Timothy, uh, things are different. But the message is still the same. So even though the methods may change, Paul said, listen, Timothy, you got a great heritage to be an influence. Keep a hold of the heritage that you have. Uh, that got you to where you are. That'll get you to where you're going. And so he's emphasizing what has been passed to him from his mother and grandmother. Uh, Timothy, hold on to that. I'm praying for you that that uh, is, what, is uh, what you're using to be a person of influence. And really, church, it hasn't changed. And I thank God. Uh, my grandchildren are seventh generation Pentecost, and I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the heritage they have. Um, I'm kind of sentimental, if you haven't figured that out already. So I was, I was at my mom's the other day, and uh, it was um, her, well, I was, I was, I was up there for Stopped in, thought I'd get them supper for her birthday. And uh, I don't think it was because I got her supper. But she decided to give me a table. An old table that I wanted. Now, I don't know if she's deciding to pass things out. I'm sure she's watching right now. So, but she decided to give me this old table. Now, to most people, it's not very fancy, actually. It's, it's kind of a clover leaf table but the significance of the table is it was made by my great great 
grandfather. And my great, great grandmother got the Holy Ghost when she was 85 and got baptized in the bathtub at 85 and lived 16 years longer to 101. And that's the length of the heritage that is through our family all the way to my grandkids, which is seven generations. What Paul's saying, listen, what got you to where you are will get you the rest of the way. Amen. The same message that saved her at age 85 is the same message that's working in people's lives in 2023. And I got a table out of it. He said, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up, this is verse 6, the gift of God which is in thee by the putting off or putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So Paul's telling Timothy to stir up his gifting. The Greek word here means to rekindle a fire. And sometimes it's easy to get into a routine, and sometimes we kind of stop focusing on being an influence. Maybe we don't approach every day uh, with we're blessed to be uh, in this wonderful truth, whether you're first generation or seventh generation, doesn't matter. We're blessed to be in this wonderful truth. And sometimes maybe we could even take that for granted. And Paul says, don't allow the routine to get so uh, mundane uh, that you forget about what God's done for you. He said, stir up the gift that is within you, Timothy. And so it's easy for us to uh, sometimes forget that. And we need to be constantly reminded sometimes that we need to have that spiritual passion uh, renewed. He said, because God has not given you a spirit of fear, Timothy, but has equipped you with power. That's spiritual force. That's dunamis power. That's miraculous power. That's doing power. And he's also given you love. That's, that's agape love. God's working a love through us. And he says he's also given us a sound mind, which is self-discipline and self-control. We need all of these to be a positive influence and those things are necessary, but for those to really work the way they should, he said, stir up what happened to you. And sometimes, uh, as Christians, we just need a good old-fashioned stirring up, uh, a good old-fashioned time of in God's presence and, and maybe a good old time in the altar where, where, where or Timothy says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. That's what's told to him in 1 Timothy 4 and 14. Paul says, Timothy, make sure you don't neglect that. This is the way to practice it. He said, the laying on of hands. And you know, sometimes that's what happens to us. We just get around the family of God and we pray with each other, maybe put an arm around each other or, or, or take someone by the hand and all of a sudden there's a, a renewing of God's spirit and presence in our life. Uh, that's what that is, stirring up the gift. Becoming a positive influence in the people or with the people around us. And so if we're going to impart uh, to be an influence to people, he, he says to Timothy, stir up that gift because God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed, he said, of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, 
But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of the Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And so there was a time when many uh, young leaders, many Christians, uh, uh, they, they wanted to be around uh, Paul. They wanted to associate with this great apostle because he had a successful ministry. But now, <laughs> Paul's in prison, and he's getting ready to uh, be martyred, and most of them have forsaken him, and uh, it's, it's too shameful for some, it's too dangerous for others to be associated with him, and he says, um, Timothy, don't be ashamed of me, uh, even though Paul's in cir his circumstances were extremely difficult and discouraging, he's encouraging Timothy uh, to embrace suffering to the Lord. Verse 8, uh, he, says, Paul has, he, he said, Paul has confidence that everything, even though he's in prison, God's using it for the purpose of his grace. So, sometimes things are, are not going just how we plan in our life. But that does not mean that you still can't be a person of influence. So you can be, as Paul's telling Timothy, in a very discouraging time, Timothy, you can still take a hold of the purpose of God's grace that's happened in his life and be a person of influence. And uh, most people have, have, have left Paul. Most people are not around him. And... Uh, uh, he says this phrase that Jesus has abolished death and brought life and immortality. And, and, and of course, he's, he's speaking about what's going to happen to him very shortly. But Paul's not afraid of death. He understands that he's actually going to attain everything he's lived for. And he's telling Timothy, Timothy, uh, don't. Don't stop with the gospel. Don't stop with the grace of God. Don't stop being an influence. Don't allow the things ar around you, the circumstances, to, to um, uh, tear you down. No, no. Stir up the gift, Timothy, that's in you. Don't allow the spirit of fear to get a hold of you. God's given you power and love and of a sound mind to be an influence. That's what it is like in 2023. If we're not careful... We just, oh, you know what, I'm not going to ruffle no feathers. <laughs> just going to, just going to go about life and mind my own business and just kind of, you know, not stir anything up. I'm not talking about trying to cause trouble. But I'm talking about still being a positive influence and not being ashamed of the purpose of the gospel of his grace. When we walk into situations that people need to see that God worked in our life, that it's still the right thing to do to stir up the gift that's in you because it's not fear that we're controlled by. It's the power of love and the power of his spirit, the power of a sound mind that the grace of God worked in our lives to bring us to where we are. Sometimes it's uh, still okay to stir up the gift that's in you. Amen. And so this is the situation.
that um, Timothy finds himself in, and Paul's encouraging him. Verse uh, 12, for, that, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. No matter how many people were ashamed of him and kind of had left him, uh, turned against him, Paul's, uh, Paul's not ashamed of what he's lived for. He's not ashamed to, of what he stood for. And he absolutely has no regrets. Uh, and he's telling Timothy, Timothy, this is how I've lived. This is how you can live. You don't have to be ashamed of what God's done in your life. You don't have to be ashamed of where God's brought you from. You don't have to be ashamed for what you stand for in 2023. It's still okay. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Okay? It's important not to be ashamed of what's happened in your life. I'm not talking about being rude. I'm not talking about being ignorant. I'm talking about, listen, God's done some things in our lives, and it's okay to talk about it. It's still okay. Um, and so uh, the gospel is, uh, Paul's bringing across, is not just a doctrine. The gospel is a person in whom he had believed. And he said, I am persuaded. <laughs> uh, if he's able to keep me, Timothy, he's able to keep you. And Paul's, I mean, he's, he's sending a message to Timothy in the dire straits that he's in. Paul was still okay with the condition that he was in. And he's able, he says he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He's saying God's able to guard. God's able to work. God's able to keep his hand upon him. Listen, Paul's realizing this is not my church. This is God's church, and he's the one that's building this church. And I'm just, a, I'm just a vessel of influence in this church. That's what Paul's saying. It's no different for us. Amen. The church is going to stand. Whether I'm in it or not, the church is going to stand. I, I've just made a decision. I've made up my mind. I'm going to be a person of influence in this church that's going to survive. I suggest everyone here take that same approach. And it's because of the confidence that he has in the gospel that Paul exhorts uh, Timothy to hold fast, he says, to the teaching that he has received. You see that in verse 13. And to keep it by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what he says in verse 14. And he uses the word form. The word form means a pattern, an architect's blueprint. It's a plan for imitation and so Paul's saying listen uh, it's already the plans already been made the blueprints are already uh, uh, printed uh, everything's okay Timothy all you have to do is live by what God's already put there and you're going to be okay if if uh, Timothy was being told that by Paul in that day and we're reading the scripture the same scripture that Paul gave to Timothy uh, you and I can be assured that you can still be uh, held uh, by the Word of God. He's still going to bring you through. He's still going to make sure you're okay. 
He's still going to accomplish in your life just like he did in Timothy. When you and I read the scripture, we can read it in the same way. Guess, guess what? I'm going to hold to what I have received. I'm going to let the power of the Holy Ghost work in my life. It has become a form. It's a blueprint, an imitation of what God wants me to do and be. I want to be a person of influence. Influence. Verse 15, this thou knowest that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of, of whom are Phygelus uh, and uh, Hermogenus, and the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he, he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day, and in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Sadly, many Christians uh, at this point had deserted Paul in his hour of need, even to the point where the seven churches that are mentioned in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, they were all in the province of Asia, and Paul had stayed there about three years, and he was in the capital city of Ephesus for that length of time and evangelized the whole area, and yet everyone had kind of turned away from this aging apostle and uh, kind of thought, you know what, we just don't want to be associated too much with what's happening with him because we know what's going to take place. And that's why the kindness of Anisphorus was so refreshing to Paul. He said he, he not only helped Paul in Ephesus, but he brought him out in the Roman prison and was not ashamed of being associated with him as a prisoner. See that in verse 16. We don't know a lot about the man. All we know is, uh, he said, listen, uh, this verse is going to have a reward in that, that day because he was not ashamed of what I stood for. He's not ashamed of what he's standing for. And he was loyal to God as a servant of influence. Even though the hour was dark, and that's where we are right now, even though the hour was dark, uh, uh, Nisphorus said, uh, listen, I'm going to stand with Paul. Uh, I'm going to stand for this gospel that I've received. I'm not going to allow what's happening around me in the world to cause me not to be a person of influence. And you see that at the end of chapter 1. And then we go into chapter 2. Chapter 2 is my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. And so... Um, in 1988, I don't even remember what was happening in my life. I just remember I was in Bible college, and uh, I was dating a beautiful woman. And uh, maybe she didn't talk to me enough that day. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I can't even remember. And I just, all I can remember is I said, Lord, I need to have something from your word today that would be an encouragement to me. And I felt the Lord turn me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I've got my old Bible in there. I could bring it in and show you. It's listed right there in, the, in, in that chapter 2, uh, along that chapter. This is my encouragement chapter. And it still is. When I just need a little uppick from the Lord, a, a little lifter upper, uh, I get out and read this chapter again. And uh, you might have chapters or verses in the Bible that do that for you. Uh, this, this, is, this is the chapter that does it for me. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, 
The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. It's been often said that success without a successor is a, is a failure. And Paul exhorts Timothy to take everything that he has experienced and everything that he has learned and transmit that to the next generation. Or be a person of influence. Whether it's kids, grandkids, neighbors, people at work, uh, uh, people you come acquainted with, whatever the case is, he appoints him to be a person of influence. And he says he wants him to be faithful. And they that are teachers to others to, listen, do everything you can uh, to be an example or an influence to the people around you. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Thou therefore, verse uh, 3, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Paul uses three examples of individuals that were very common in that day. He uses three examples to give us an encouragement that you and I can make it in being a person of influence. First example he uses is a soldier. And he's basically saying leaders must be able to undergo tough times. Hardship, he says. Hardness without breaking under the pressure. And the Bible is very clear. The Lord won't put more on you than you can bear. That's a promise from his word. God's not trying to get you in a place where you can't handle what you're dealing with. He says, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to let this happen in your life, uh, uh, but endure hardness as a good soldier. Uh, 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 don't allow yourself to get entangled with the worldly affairs uh, of this life. Don't allow that to become a distraction of your service to God. <laughs> Put your nose to the grindstone and say, I'm going to make it through. And Paul's given an example. No matter what happening in your life, have the mentality of a soldier. I'm going to survive. No soldier goes into the battle thinking, well, okay, this is the end for me. I'm just going to lay down. And No, it's the opposite. I'm coming out of this alive. I'm going to do my best to survive. I'm going... That's what we're in, folks, uh, in our walk with God. I want to be a person of influence. I want people to see, listen, this is what God has done in my life. I'm going to do my best to be a person of influence. I'm going to be a soldier. The second individual that he compares us to is an athlete. And leaders strive for success. He calls it masteries. But they must work according to God's principles. They must do it lawfully. And only God's work, uh, done in God's way, uh, is blessed. And so if we're going to be people of influence, it can't be done my way. It's got to be done his way. And so an athlete that's running around the track, he can't just all of a sudden cut across the field to take a shortcut. No, that won't work. He'll get disqualified. 
It's no different in our, in our journey of living for God, of being a person of influence. It, it, I, I can't take shortcuts on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays and, and decide I'm going to be an influence on Wednesday and Sunday. It won't work. It'll come back that I'm not a very good athlete at all. And so he's comparing uh, uh, us to athletes. Listen, uh, we want to be successful in being a person of influence. We're striving for masteries, but we actually still got to do that lawfully. We got to do it according to God's plan. And thirdly, he compares us to a farmer. People of influence who work hard in God's field must be first partaker of the fruits. Of course, this can... Uh, be referenced to support of people who are leading, but that's, that's not necessarily the only example that's being given here. Uh, he's saying, uh, you and I, as a person of influence, uh, we are setting the example for others to follow. And so he's comparing it to a farmer. We, we don't consider someone to be a good farmer uh, if they think they're going to harvest in, in, when it comes harvest time and they haven't planted haven't planted. Brother Robertson was sharing with me all the things they got planted along their fence in their garden. There wasn't one thing that I would eat. I, 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 he gave me the list and I said, what did you plant all that stuff for? I, I don't even like any of that. I can't even go over and get any of that stuff. I had no desire. I, I mean, it was peppers and all kinds of weird stuff in there. But you know what? He's expecting to harvest because he planted. And I'm praying God lets him harvest it because I don't want it. I have no idea. I wouldn't care if they're hot, cold, green, red. It's no different. They're awful. But you can't have a harvest if you don't plant. He's calling us farmers. He said, listen, we, we've got to work the field. We've got to, if we're going to be people of influence, uh, it's got to be that we're doing it right and, and we're giving our best effort and, and we're expecting, we're expecting a return because we put the effort in. That's why he's comparing us to soldiers and athletes and farmers. They all have different abilities. The, 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 the steadfastness of a soldier and the, and, and the, and, and the continual effort of, of, of the athlete and the hard work of the farmer. And he's given these examples that, listen, if we're going to be people of influence in 2023, we've got to do our best. We've got to do our best. Verse 8, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Paul wants Timothy to remember if Jesus rose from the dead and he defeated humanity's biggest enemy, which was death, then nothing could hinder the church ever. If the biggest obstacle was already defeated by Jesus Christ, and that was death, Paul's imprisonment, his impending martyrdom, none of that was going to hinder Paul being a person of influence. Paul says, I may be bound, but the word of God is not bound. 
Paul's putting uh, it on the line and says, listen, I'm going to be an influence even after death. Not going to allow, I'm not going to allow life to even control whether I'm an influence or not. The word of God, he says, is not bound. And so he says, listen, you put, you put this effort into being a, a soldier, an athlete, or a farmer, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, amen, is going to work through your life. You say, well, I don't have all the talents. I don't have all the abilities. I don't have all the opportunities. It's not about you and I anyway. It's about the power that raised Christ from the dead uh, that dwells in you, uh, amen, and it's that presence uh, that sometimes you don't even have to say anything. You can be a person of influence, Maybe by actions or a deed or, or whatever the case is. Maybe just praying for someone. Being a helping hand in some way. Because uh, he said, remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Therefore I endure all things, verse 10, for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also, or he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. And Paul knows uh, he is not enduring hardship for his own spiritual benefit, but for the benefit of the church. You and I, again, today, it's not that we're trying to be an influence because of us. We're trying to be an influence on behalf of the church. And if we're going through something, he said, do it willingly, cheerfully, and confidently that the gospel is still going to accomplish what the gospel is going to do. Um, you, you, you see that in, in instances uh, uh, where you, you feel like maybe you didn't hardly say anything or, or you didn't really maybe spend a lot of time with something, but something happened in someone's life where they were moved by the power of God's Spirit and, and maybe just by the kindness that you showed. and Maybe it wasn't some big thing, but, but the, the power of God's presence worked through your life. Paul said, this is a faithful saying. It's faithful saying, he said. It's part of uh, the early statement uh, of that faith that was memorized by the, and recited by the believers. They had an understanding uh, that what had happened in their life, they, they even memorized things like uh, that are written here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 4, Titus chapter 3. They said things like this. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. That was things that they quoted on a regular basis. They had an understanding that it wasn't because of them. It was because of who was in them. We are a people of influence. Think about this. Death leads to life. <laughs> Suffering leads to reigning with him. That's all important in the first century. You're right to the 21st century, folks. It's, uh, if you don't deny the Lord, you've, you've got it going for you. Just keep yourself going in one direction, and that's towards Him. There's going to be tough days. There's going to be difficult times. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tests. There's going to be temptations. All those things will come. But he's already overcome, and he's given you the power of his spirit to overcome. Amen. You can be an influence in 2023. No doubt.
no doubt in my mind that you and I can be an influence in 2023 because we just refuse to deny what the power of God has done in our lives. You cannot argue with your testimony. You know whether it happened to you or not. You know what you used to be. You know what God's done for you. You know where you came from. You know where you are. You know where you're going from where you used to be. Amen. And you just let the power of God's presence. Listen, you'll be a skilled leader of influence just by your testimony. No one can ever argue with your testimony. Verse 14, of these things, put them in remembrance charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so in contrast to the faithful saying, Paul, that he's just mentioned, he reminds Timothy that there's, there's people that's got words to no profit. There's people out there that's what they're saying isn't really going to help you. They're not, uh, Paul's saying it's, it's not worth arguing about, Timothy. He, he uses the word subvert. Um, comes from the English word cat catastrophe, overthrow, overturn, demolish. And he said that's, that's what will happen when you get caught up in that stuff. Be a person of influence of what God's done in your life and focus on that. Focus on that. Listen, you can get off track on all kinds of things. There's lots of things trying to get people off track today. All you have to do is start talking about politics. I mean, that'll, that'll send people into a frenzy. That'll send people into a frenzy. Okay, don't, don't, don't get off track. Okay, you're not going to control it. I'm not going to control it. Just keep your focus on what God's done for you. And allow God's presence to work through your life. And, and say, listen, I'm, I'm not going to get caught up in all that stuff. I've got too many things that God's done for me to talk about other than arguing about things that aren't going to matter. That's what he says. And he uses the understanding of workmen. Uh, we can't lead others if we're uh, not being uh, led properly ourselves. If we're not living properly. The word study means to make effort, be diligent, be earnest. It doesn't refer to just books, um, but it also refers to behavior. A workman needs to, to work hard so he's not ashamed uh, of the work uh, that's happened in his life or not ashamed to be inspected. The phrase rightly divides mean cutting straight. It's like uh, the understanding of plowing a field or sewing a seam or cutting a board. It's, you know, you... you, you if you're trying to cut something straight, I mean, you're not weaving all over the place. No, you're, you, you kind of got your eye on the other side and you're trying to get across there, making it as straight as you can. I'm not a seamstress, but I think the idea behind it is to try to go in a straight line if possible, most times. You know, if you're plowing a field, you're not going in circles. No, you, I, it always amazes me. Sometimes I, uh, I drive by the fields maybe in, uh, in, in PEI, and I'm looking, and I was like, how, how do they make that so straight from 
one side to the other. It's a long way sometimes, and yet it's perfect rows, and you look down, and the potatoes are in perfect line. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about rightly dividing the word of truth, doing it in a straight cut, doing it with uh, the word of, uh, of God as a tool for us to be responsible, to, to let it teach us correctly. And, and, and the, the verse is not against study. It's emphasizing that study must be applied to our, our lives. It's, but it's actually, actually transmitting that in a proper way where... Um, uh, we're, we're not getting caught up in all the stuff around us. God, I've got one focus, and that's you at the end of the line. <laughs> and I'm going to study. I'm going to work. I'm going to put my mind to that point, and that's where I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to let uh, the stuff that's beside, I'm just going to let that <laughs> flow by, and I'm going to be a person of influence of what God has done in my life. The biggest thing that's happening in people's lives right now is they're being distracted by everything possible. I mean, there's no lack of distractions, church. But he says, study to show thyself approved. Get yourself in line of where God's wanting you to go and just put your, put your nose to that and go. You ever have an old workhorse? You ever see an old workhorse and starts with the log in the woods and you don't even have to, you got, you got a train, you don't even have to walk it out. It'll take the log right to the yard. It's got one purpose. I'm getting to the yard. <laughs> if an old horse can do that, then probably all of us can get our minds focused on the right thing in the right direction and say, I'm going to be a person of influence. All these other trails on the way, on the way by, I'm not going down those. I've got one purpose, to get to the yard. <laughs> I'm going to my home on the other side. That's where I'm focused. <laughs> Amen. All the distractions around me. I'm going to be a person of influence on the way. Okay, let's hurry. But shun profane and vain babblings, he said. That's what I should be doing right now. For they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stand ashore. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. He's contrasting, rightly dividing the word uh, with teachings uh, that are profane and vain babblings. The word profane means uh, crossing a threshold into wickedness. And vain babbling means uh, empty of fruitless teachings. And he recognizes, listen, there's all kinds of false stuff out there. But get your lifestyle focused on where God's got you aimed. And just stay on that track. Don't allow yourself to become distracted. Paul names two of the teachers, Hymenaeus and Philetus, who, who walked away from the truth. And, and their specific error was denying a physical resurrection in the future that had overthrown the faith, he said, of some. And, and regardless, uh, uh, make sure the foundation of God stands sure because he says this, God knows them that are his. God's watching whether you got your Focus on going to the other side, no matter what. That's what he's got. He's got he knows exactly 
those that are his. A sign that we're true Christians is that he, we depart from iniquity. We don't let the things of this life get us off track. We've got one focus. I'm going to be a person of influence, and I'm focusing on getting to the other side, and that's where I'm going. And let me tell you, if you put that in your mindset, there's not a thing in this world that can distract you from getting to where you need to go. There'll be all kinds of bumps along the road. There'll be all kinds of detours to take. There'll be all kinds of things that'll be temptations, but you got one thing in mind. I'm getting the log to the yard. I won't compare you to the old horse, but I will. Me. He says, then in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. He says, uh, he uses the earlier about a workman. Now he's using the understanding of a vessel. In a, great be- in, a, in a great house, he's speaking about the church that's built on a sure foundation. That's God's word. Ultimately, there's, there's people who um, are affected by false teaching and they can get messed up, uh, but he, and that can certainly affect us if we allow it. Uh, but he says, listen, there's, there's some vessels of distinction. That's vessels of honor. And some vessels of disgrace, dishonor. In other words, God can use some uh, uh, greatly and other vessels he can use slightly uh, because of the focus. I don't want it to be that I'm not prepared for what God has for me to do because I'm so tied up in the affairs of this life. I wonder how many times God had things available for me to be part of, but I got distracted. And Paul's saying to Timothy, Timothy, there's vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Vessels that are focused and vessels that are not focused. Vessels that can be used greatly and vessels that are only going to be used slightly because they don't have the mindset of being a person of influence. Oh, God, help us. Help us to be ready for the master's use. That's what he says. Ready for the master's use. Almost done. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. One of the most important things that we must purge our vessel is, he says, to flee from the lust of the flesh. God has only one instruction for sexual temptation, and that's run as fast as you can. Don't stay around to analyze, view, touch. No, get yourself in a running mode and run as fast as you can to where you're going. (laughs) He said, flee youthful lust. That's what he's telling Timothy. Timothy, this is an area that'll mess you up in being a positive influence. It'll really detour you, Timothy. When that comes your way, follow after righteousness. Amen. Run as fast as you can from those youthful lusts. Don't allow that to be part of your life. Let your... Uh, Let the separation that God's done in your life, what he's done in your heart, let that be uh, that, Timothy, you got your focus on on God and you will not be distracted by what the world's offering. 
And you know in 2023 that the world is offering. I don't care how old you are. The world's offering everything mentionable. And Paul says, run. Run as fast as you can. Don't even stop to, to take a look. Don't even stop to analyze. Don't even stop to think about it. Get yourself out of that. Because if you're going to be a person of influence, you cannot get caught up in youthful lust. Can't. I could spend a whole lesson there. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, he said, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him as will. What Paul's focusing here is the third thing. So he talked about a workman, talked about us being a vessel, and then thirdly, he's talking here about us being a servant. Biblical leaders... Uh, people of influence in, in this generation must be servants first. If we're going to be a positive influence to people, we must be a servant first. And that means that we don't get to decide our assignments all the time. Sometimes the assignments are decided by the Lord. We're just in the serving business of Him. God, whatever it is that you're wanting me to do, whatever it is you're trying to do in my life, God, I'm I'm willing to do that. I'm going to avoid youthful lust. I'm going to avoid the things that uh, God will get me off track. I'm, I'm going to keep my focus. Listen, don't play in the pig pen and expect to be clean. You can try to give a pig a bath, but you'll only get dirty and you'll annoy the pig. Don't get caught up in the stuff around you. Focus on where God's taking you. And I'm going to be a person of influence to the best of my ability in that. And the third thing is to be a servant. Um, and so the word servant in the New Testament, commonly, it comes from the Greek word doulos, which means a slave. A slave has no will of his own, but is totally under the command of his master. And like the servant of the Old Testament, uh, we say, I love my master. I will not, I will not, I don't have a desire to be free, folks. I, I, I'm, I'm sold out to him. God, whatever you want in my life, whatever you want to do with my life and however you want to do it, that's the way it's got to be, God. I'm, I'm giving myself to you. I've sold myself out to you, God. I'm going to serve you to the best of my ability because I want to be a person of influence. Yeah, I want to be a workman. I'm going to study to do my best. I'm going to be a vessel ready for the master's use. But in all of that, God, I want to serve you to the best of my ability. Servants, he said, must not strive. Instead, we're to be gentle unto all men, patient with the people we're leading. We must be apt to teach. That means simply that our lives must be instructive. People of influence. And the, the reason we approach others with meekness, because meekness is not weakness, church. Uh, it's strength under control. And uh, you and I can be gentle and meek, and it doesn't mean that we're flimsy. Uh, none of those things. No, it's actually we're allowing God's presence and His Spirit to work through our lives that people get to see Him and not us. That's what we're trying to do. He uses the word recover. Describes a man out of a drunken stupor. That's what he's given an example of. And Satan makes people drunk with his lies, but the servant of God is sober. And, and the, whole, the whole idea is that we're trying to help people be rescued 
Someone needs to be rescued now. The whole idea, there's all kinds of people out there that need to be rescued. They need a church full of people who are an influence, and not just any, but a positive influence. Positive influence. Amen. Let's stand so I'll quit. I'm almost done. He said, a peradventure. It's so frustrating, folks, when, when, um, when we uh, find ourselves, we kind of, we take a step back and say, listen, I, I just want to be a, a better Christian. I just want to be a better person of influence. Well, just, just look what he gives us examples tonight. You're a soldier. You're an athlete. You're a farmer. Do the best to be the best workman that you can be, best vessel you can be, the best servant you can be. God, I just want to be a person of influence in 2023 in the city that I live in, in the family that I'm part of. Uh, listen, you can't control other people. You can't even control their response. But you can control yourself. And you be the best person of influence. Listen, if God's grace and His mercy can't save them, you or I will never do it. <laughs> but I'm going to do my best to be a person of influence that what God's doing through my life, that's what I want to be. I want to be a skilled leader of influence. God, I thank you for this great church. I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you, Lord, for this powerful chapter. God, that's been so real in my life for many, many years. God, I pray, God, that something through your word tonight would reach down and, God, just speak into people's lives. God, no matter what circumstances they're dealing with currently, God, what they're facing down the road, whatever the case is, God, let them make a, a mindset, God, in their life and in their heart. I'm going to be a person of influence. God, help me to be the greatest soldier I can be. Help me to be the best athlete I can be. God, let me be the best farmer that I can be. I want to be a workman, God. I want to be a vessel. I want to be a servant, God, for you. That, God, everything that you're desiring to do through my life, God, would be accomplished in my life. Help me, God, to be a positive influence in somebody's life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Thank you for joining us online. Amen. If you're watching or listening tonight, thank you for being part of Mission Point. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.